0: But some of you will already have these words memorized. And for others, perhaps you'll simply want to listen and have these words prayed over you tonight. And we're encouraging you to share it with others. Tonight, I wanna tell you about a man who stood faithfully and often stood alone against the greatest and fastest spreading heresy within the history of the church. This is the story of Athanasius. Let us quiet our hearts before Almighty God. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm this evening is Psalm 8, on page 276 of the prayer book. O Lord our Governor, how excellent is your name in all the world! You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you might still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, even the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him? You have made him a little lower than the angels to crown him with glory and honor. You made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things in subjection under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever walks through the paths of the seas. O Lord our Governor, how excellent is your name in all the world! Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Those who stand for truth will face trouble in this world, especially those who stand for truth within a church that is slipping into heresy. Let me tell you the story of Athanasius. In 313 AD, Emperor Constantine's Edict of Milan finally gave legal recognition and protection to the church. After centuries of persecution, it seemed that peace had finally come to Christians. But the peace was short-lived. Less than a decade into this new era of peace, conflict came not externally persecuting the church, but from within. A theological conflict erupted within Alexandria, one of the largest and most prominent Christian cities, between a charismatic and popular priest from Libya named Arius, and Alexander, who was the bishop of Alexandria. Arius's wildly popular teaching was that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was not really the same as God the Father. Unlike the Father, he argued that the Son was not eternal. And even though Jesus was divine, Arius would say, he would say that Jesus was, unlike the Father, a creature. Arius used catchy songs and phrases as he taught and gathered great momentum with his teaching. Phrases such as, there was once a time when the sun was not. Arius believed he was defending the transcendence of God the Father by distinguishing him from the very earthy Jesus we find in Scripture, but Bishop Alexander knew that such teaching undermined the entire Gospel. More and more bishops and theologians began taking sides in the battle until 325 when Emperor Constantine called a council to be held in the city of Nicaea to settle a debate. Bishop Alexander was not the only leading Orthodox voice at the Council of Nicaea. His bright young deacon and secretary named Athanasius not only worked tirelessly to defend the Orthodox position, but became Alexander's natural successor. Though the Council of Nicaea sided against Arius, Alexander died five months later, and the fight against Arianism raged on. Athanasius did not want to be the bishop, but the people insisted, and at the age of 30, Athanasius was consecrated bishop of Alexandria. Little is known about Athanasius' early life. We know he came from Egypt and was likely dark-skinned and short in stature since his opponents nicknamed him the Black Dwarf. And what we know best about him is his unwavering tenacity as a defender of the faith. His 45 years as bishop were filled with turmoil and conflict, especially because during the five decades following the Council of Nicaea, Arius' teachings continued to spread. In fact, during those five decades, most of the time, the majority of Christians sided with Arius. As the church father, Jerome, lamented, the entire Christian world had awoken with a groan to find itself Arian. But Athanasius fought tirelessly against this popular heresy. Through his writing and through his preaching, he was in conflict not just within the church, but with emperors. He was exiled no less than five separate times, Spending 16 years of his time as bishop in exile. But Athanasius' uncompromising one man war against Arianism was not rooted in some kind of close mindedness on his part or some kind of love of controversy or because he lacked tolerance or civility. No, Athanasius saw, just like his predecessor Alexander, that the entire gospel was at stake. For if, as Arius taught, Jesus was only a semi-divine creature, not co-equal with the Father, then it meant that God had not fully and truly come among us in the incarnation. It meant that it was not God who truly and fully saved us, but an inferior being who he sent on his behalf. A being, Jesus, who because, according to Arius, he was not fully God, could not and should not be worshipped. Clearly, Arianism brings death to the good news, and this is why Athanasius refused to be silent, even when he would be called divisive and intolerant, even when the majority of the Christian world was against him. Shortly after he died, Athanasius' understanding of the Trinity was reaffirmed at the Council of Constantinople, and Arianism was finally and unequivocally condemned as a heresy of the Church. Gregory of Nazianzus, the leader of that council, referred to Athanasius as the pillar of the church. But perhaps the best and most accurate name given to Athanasius is Athanasius Contra Mundum, Athanasius against the world. As he stood against the world's heresies, he proved himself to be truly for the world so that the world would be saved by the truth of the gospel. Athanasius truly was against the world for the sake of the world. It was Athanasius's tenacity, his willingness to stand for the truth, even when it was so unpopular, that ultimately won the day and saved the church from this disastrous heresy. Every time we gather for worship, in a Eucharistic service and recite together the Nicene Creed. We are reciting phrases and concepts and theological truths, all of which found their root in Athanasius' teaching and defense of the church. This is why Athanasius' life reminds me of the words from Paul to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4. I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. This is the story of Athanasius, the story of an ordinary saint that God empowered to impact his generation with the gospel. May his story inspire you and remind you— that God is still in the business of empowering ordinary saints today. Let us confess we believe in the words of the Apostles' Creed, saying, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, O God, the source of all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to your servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. A call for aid against perils lighten our darkness we beseech you o lord and by your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of your only son our savior jesus christ amen a night prayer keep watch dear lord with those who work or watch or weep this night and give your angels charge over those who sleep tend the sick lord christ give rest to the weary Bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. Let us conclude this evening with the Collect for Trinity Sunday on page 615 of the prayer book. This prayer for Trinity Sunday uses language that is attributed to the work of Athanasius in Defending the Faith. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given to us your servants grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity and in the power of your divine majesty to worship the unity. Keep us steadfast in this faith and worship and bring us at last to see you in your one and eternal glory, O Father, who with the Son and the Holy Spirit live and reign one God, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. This concludes this evening's podcast and I'm glad you joined us for Praying with the Saints. If this prayer podcast has blessed you, we encourage you to subscribe at ChristChurchPlano.org at ChristChurchPlano.org and we encourage you to share this with your friends. I'm Father Paul Donison, and I'm looking forward to praying with you next time. Until then, I pray that you would have a peaceful night and a perfect rest.